of everyone. Welcome on an official podcast. Um, third edition today I have with me Peter and Thomas. Um, we are going to talk about Pass to an Architect. It's interesting topic for almost anyone who is not an architect, even for the architects as well, because some of us become architects without clear path. It's just like one day you realize that you're an architect and you're doing the architect job. Some of us were more formal with the mentorship, with some kind of proper training. But in the end, we just want to clarify what is to be called an architect, how to get to the architect and what what we can do to help you out. And today, Thomas will actually help us accelerate this discussion. So Thomas, can you introduce yourself and tell us who are you, what you are doing and how you actually ended up here? I mean, in Commerce Cloud in general. Uh, yeah, so I'm Thomas. I'm uh, currently the solution lead uh, at Forward, uh, working in Belgium. I've now in, I think, e-commerce for around 11 years. I started out as a Java developer uh, with Intershop, uh, working in the fun world of pipelines, uh, but then with a Java uh, pipelet rather than in JavaScript. And yeah, after six, seven years of working uh, in Intershop, I wanted to change and I was looking at different uh, platforms and two people of uh, the company I was working for then said, hey, uh, we're looking at demandware at the time and decided, yeah, let's have a look. Uh, four people went to the Netherlands, uh, had an interview with, uh, yeah, still then demandware and a few months later, Salesforce. And had a look. Oh, yeah, this looks similar to Intershop. You have pipelines. Yay. <laughs> With pipelets. And uh, yeah, this could work. And I was currently at that moment looking for something different after six, seven years of Java development. And within the same platform, I said, it's time for something new. Uh, it would either be, sell, uh, be yeah, now SAP uh, Commerce Cloud. It was Hybris uh, back then or, or uh, Salesforce Commerce Cloud. And uh, yeah, moved to, to Salesforce Commerce Cloud uh, at that time. Uh, development in 2018, the first project I ever did. And uh, yeah, we're four years later uh, at a lot more projects. And yeah, naturally moved to the architect path. Like you said, I was never trained for the job I'm doing right now. I just went with the flow and said yes when they asked, do you want to lead a team? And yeah, we need someone to, to architect, to the workshops, etc. And just went with the flow. That's uh, yeah. That's me in a nutshell of over the past eleven years. Interesting. What do you would say then your regular day or week would be in terms of like activities and architect? What you are doing within Commerce Cloud? Because I could assume if I would not be familiar with Commerce Cloud, if I would be maybe some cloud architect, I would maybe calculate let's say how much it will cost me to run my application on Amazon or other applications. I would try to do maybe some networking, maybe talk with infrastructure team, other stuff. So let's say my day-to-day -day activities and an architect over there could be different to what I'm doing right now. What about you? What, what are you doing on a day-to-day basis as an architect? Yeah, from a day-to-day -day ba basis, every day looks different to me. Uh... I have a lot more meetings than I used to have a few years ago. Uh, I would have one meeting a day, the stand-up, and that quickly changed to yeah, workshops uh, with customers, looking at what they what they want, uh, what kind of integrations do they have, how does that fit within the whole 
ecosystem of Salesforce, uh, depending on which clouds that they have purchased. We specialize in yeah, commerce, service, and marketing, which means that we have a few projects that have all free, which means a lot of integrations, and we need to keep keep those in check. Uh, but the main task actually during the day of uh, me being a solution lead within Forward is actually guiding other technical leads uh, and uh, architects with the tough questions uh, to spar with saying, yeah, okay, we have this uh, in our project. How would you handle this? This is how I would do it. Do you see it the same way? Uh, more as a guiding, passing on my knowledge to other people slowly moving towards that architect, getting the knowledge that I've gained over the past 11 years of integrations, trying to get that information into other people that, yeah, at one point, I'm actually not even necessary. Uh, so I'm, yeah, not a solution architect, but a solution lead above. I went really, really quickly uh, within a year. Uh, so that's why my day-to-day -day looks different. I also do do hiring uh, evaluation within within the company, but from an architect perspective, it's usually talking with the customer. Hey, we want to integrate with this system. Uh, how would we do this? Uh, how long will it take? How much will it cost? Uh, and yeah, look what are the different options uh, and what works best for the company. But each day looks different. Some days are quiet. I would say like uh, just helping people and other days is just full of meetings from nine to uh, nine to five, so to speak, uh, going from customer to customer, helping them with uh, their questions, looking at what their roadmap is, uh, deciding even to add things to the roadmap, what fits uh, their business model. So yeah, quite, quite interesting. A, a handful. So what you would say, what is more than important for anyone who wants to become an architect, soft skills or technical skills? It really depends on how you see yourself as an architect, uh, because some people still like to keep their technical side. Uh, like myself, I'm a developer uh, by heart. It's quite hard for me to give that up right now. I went from coding the entire day to maybe an hour max a day and seven hours more talking to people, which requires more soft skills. Uh, but it's something that you need to make up for yourself. It's how far do you want to go? Do you want to talk more to people or do you want to keep your technical side present to help people make the good decisions when talking about integrations? Because the platform is constantly changing. You need to keep up to date, need to keep up to date with everything that's happening. Like myself, I'm also uh, working on the core platform. Which means, and yeah, looking at Dreamforce, there's so much happening again. They're deprecating things, they're adding new stuff. And if you're no longer actively working on projects, uh, you learning the technical stuff of those, it's harder to give the correct information to the customer and make the right decisions. Like this is the use case, and we have all these options that the platforms provide, and which one fits this use case the best. Uh, and for Commerce Cloud, that's uh, really well, more straightforward than the core platform. On the core platform, it's so vast, so many different options, so many extra clouds that they added loyalty cloud OMS. Uh, there's so much there, but in commerce cloud, yeah, the integrations are, are pretty straightforward. You have the open commerce API, you have the files, etc. but you need to keep in touch with what is happening because all of these things change. You have the PWA now going uh, going GA, 
that's a completely different way of working with Commerce Cloud. And as an architect, you need to know what the the consequences are of the choice. Are we going headless? Are we going with SFRA, uh, everything uh, that we're used to? Because both are completely different ways of, of, of working and integrating with systems because you have a, a decoupled head and the body can do completely different things. Now, everything with PWA, Salesforce, uh, Commerce Cloud, of course, but I'd like to keep in touch with, with what the technical difficulties are that the developers are facing so I can make the correct decisions when a new project starts that I can warn, say, hey, if you're integrating with that system, keep this, 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 this in mind. Uh, like payment providers, very, very interesting stuff to implement, but you need to know how they work. How does the communication work with the, the payment provider? You have the payment from the head, but the body needs to know as well that the payment succeeded. That kind of stuff is, yeah. I, I like that stuff. I, I like drawing all of those connections in my head and then just architecting my way. Like this is the best way to do this. And that's something that's grown over the years. Like 10 years ago, I didn't, I didn't care as much as I did now. Uh, maybe I just got a ticket and I implemented it, but how all the dots were connecting. I, I just hit my ticket. <laughs> I, guess I have a question for you then. So I, I'm a senior uh, engineer for Commerce Cloud, and I've been attracted to the architect role purely because I feel like a lot more of my clients are asking me for that kind of stuff. But I'm also not sure, you know, it sounds like that is, I'm, I'm trying to figure out like what's the, what's a good like mental thing for people who might be considering to be an architect, like um, to make that switch if they're already, you know, going down that path naturally, which it seems like I might be, or if it's just uh, like, who, who makes a good architect, <laughs> I guess, that is my question for you. Well, I think what makes a good architect is being able to look at the big picture while working on small parts. Like you need to, what you're doing, you need to look at the big picture together with the customer like and talk with them and like that's why soft skills are so important you need to talk with the customer and that's something you really really need to want to do like a lot of people just say let someone else do all the the talking with the customer and just let me know what they want uh, in the end but it's really important that you have good conversations with your customers know what they want uh, and and interact and give suggestions and be able to say no when when you need to say no uh, and push them in the right direction. I think that's one of the most important things uh, as an architect is daring to say no to to a, a potential client saying no, this is not a good idea. Uh, and that's the tough calls that you need to make, and that's usually the, the the discussions that you need to be able to to do. Like not be afraid of yeah, I'm not going to call it conflict, like uh, but. Don't be afraid to 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 push back. Uh, like uh, give a bit of a rebuttal, saying, "Yeah, are you sure you want to do it this way?" Is one of the things that I think is important as an architect. And for me personally, also, yeah, knowing the platform in and out. I mean, not an easy thing to do. I mean, I'm still learning new things every day, thanks to the uh, the community as well. Uh, uh, asking the questions, like I'm getting like, "Oh, okay, I've never thought of doing." this this way and then just add it to the list of things like okay this is possible with the platform and keep that in mind with the next customer um 
but yeah what makes a good architect depends i mean you have so many different ways of being an architect uh you have being the more technical uh being able to or just not as technical but knowing what all the platforms can do and how they should connect i mean there's a difference between knowing yes we can import through xml and we have the open commerce api we have the uh, the new headless api that's one thing but knowing how they all work in detail and how they can interact with each other like if we look at the pwa it's a combination of of the new api with the open commerce api that's an architectural decision and not an easy one to make but you can only make the correct decision if you know what's the advantage of, of all of the advantages of one and the other uh, which is yeah an important thing and all of these things come with years of experience of using them in my experience because that's why it went so natural for me I, I i started using all of those different tools and yeah just started making suggestions and being part of the workshops and making estimations and it suddenly yeah just got a question like do you want to continue down this path and great uh, yeah. so follow-up question and then um so for is an architect traditionally somebody who actually knows more in this case, like, if, uh, could you be a Commerce Cloud developer and then just transition directly to an architect as just a Commerce Cloud person? Or, or do you need to know these other uh, systems as well? You don't need to know all of the other systems. That's something that you can learn along the way. I mean, during your development career, you come in contact with yeah, product information systems, OMS, AS400, uh, payment providers. So you learn how those system works over time and after a few years if another payment provider comes by or another uh, warehouse management system i mean they are different but in another way they're the same or they they react the same and with that experience you can transition from being a developer slowly to an architect maybe start slow like i did first become a technical lead uh, look at a team of five to the workshops together with some uh, an architect already or someone uh, who knows the other systems as well and then at one point you don't need the other person anymore and do the uh, the entire workshops uh, by yourself you know how the systems uh, you know how to discuss these things uh, with the customer and how to translate what the customer wants towards the development team and and the rest of the team and that's where the soft skills that's something i need i never had training for this and i'm probably making constant mistakes on forgetting which questions to ask i never had formal training of what i'm doing right now and i think it shows sometimes <laughs> uh but that's how you learn. I mean, you need to hit a wall every once in a while and just accept that you hit the wall, forgot something, own up to your yeah forgetfulness and continue on. Uh, and I'm not sure even with official training that you wouldn't make that same mistake. I mean, depending on the project, there is so much that you need to keep in, keep track of. Like if you have 10 different integrations, you have 10 systems, uh, data going in all directions, and it's easy to, if you're alone, for example, to keep track uh, of all, all of those things. So mistakes are made and you do learn from them. It's not an easy thing to do. Like the, if, if we compare my day from when I was a developer, I had my Jira board, I had my tickets. I looked at one ticket at a time and I just did that ticket one meeting a day. And when I had a question or 
or had to think uh, like how does this work behind the scenes i just had to contact someone else but now you you have to think of all of the answers before the questions come up like uh, document all of the tickets make sure that it's clear for everyone and that's a really hard transition to make like having to ask for all of the information rather than having it readily available to you as a developer it's a big difference because you need to know which questions you need to ask to get that information and you also learn which company you get the documentation quickly from and which uh, integration might take a few weeks before you get your answers or is custom development needed on the other side i mean those those are the questions you need to start asking uh during those workshops that you don't need to do as a developer you just get yeah there's a new integration here is the documentation of the api whether it was built two weeks before didn't really matter back then um that's interesting it sounds like the path that i'm already going down is kind of naturally going towards that anyway um because i i did find as a developer i was doing the document i i started doing exactly what you said where day-to-day jira tickets and then now I'm at the stage where the client integrations, uh, they're they're approaching me for like, well, we need to know what we, you think is best. And then I have been naturally kind of getting more closer to the, um, you know, like maybe don't do that. Maybe these other solutions are better for you, but it's been purely Commerce Cloud. I've always, yeah, that's where I was curious if the architect role was something that would even fit, but I didn't know enough about it to kind of <laughs> go down that road, yeah. You know what? You might already do an architect job. You just don't realize it. You <laughs> can what, be that kind like of person. I need, yeah, I need to figure this out and then uh, make that a path for myself because I feel like that's. I've always had like a background with uh, working with customers more directly as a freelance person. So that's how I got involved in this. Uh, so I had the soft skills with customers, and so I was already kind of doing that, but I didn't know that much about Salesforce. And the more I learned about Salesforce, the more I learned I can help customers actually with probably better solutions than what they were asking for and just more of an educational role. And then uh, they started hearing about architect roles and that that was kind of what they're doing too. And I was like, maybe that's actually what I'm supposed to be doing in this. Yeah, just been a kind of a fluid experience for me with, with Commerce Cloud. So and, what I actually like to dis- <laughs> distinguish between, oh, sorry, Peter. I mean, I, I was just saying that what I like actually to distinguish between developer, technical lead and architect is like developer usually will ask how, how I have to do the stuff. Technical lead would actually more focus on what, trying to understand what we actually trying to deliver. An architect will, like, will ask why. He will go and just first ask, not like customer comes to him and say, oh, so I wanted this one. No, the first question will be why why you want this because this is where the architect job is actually done you're trying to understand the drivers behind the decisions why customer actually want to do this what's changing outside organization internally in the organization because in the end most of the technical requirements or functional requirements has some business background and sometimes along the past you know it's like this broken phone with if the chain was very big and you got the requirement, sometimes that requirement doesn't support in any way the source of the source that actually involved into this chain. So an architect has actually to evaluate and understand why something we are doing. And then I fully agree with both of you. I mean, all of this is fully natural kind of stuff we are doing. Interesting. Thomas, you actually were talking about technical skills that you're learning from community. So I'm wondering, you had a natural pass, right? You didn't have any formal training, but 
okay, what, how are you learning Commerce Cloud, right? Because as an architect, I think three of us agreed that you need to have strong technical knowledge. You need to understand the platform, how it's working. Sometimes as developer, right, I, I'm getting my tasks. And let's say I never got a task working with the payments. Maybe, I don't know, no one assigned to me. So honestly speaking, it's, it will be hard to call me an architect, even with 10 years of experience, if I never worked with these payments. I cannot actually, you know, to architect the full solution if I don't know how they work. How are you getting the knowledge? What are, I don't know, your hints? I mean, I know one hint. I saw your Trailblazer score. You're like a lot of super badges, a lot of scores. So I know you're using uh, Trailhead for this as well, but Trailhead, let's be honest, right? Today, as of today, for Commerce Cloud, it doesn't have vast, vast number of different modules that you can learn the platform in deep. So what is your secret sauce of uh, learning? I like a challenge. Uh, when I, yeah, when a new integration comes by that I've never done before, or yeah, I just pick up the, yeah, just say, okay, I'll do it, even though I have no experience with it. And that might not have been the best decision at all times. It causes you to hit a wall more than than once. Uh, I mean, I've had a payment provider where for 15 minutes, all the payments stopped working because I made one small typo uh, in the hash check, for example. So that was a very exciting 15 to 30 minutes of my life to get that fixed again because... Uh, but. Yeah, and I, I like how to know how things work. I mean, I've always been interested in learning. I'm, yeah, I put it on my trailblazer, a little addicted to learning um, and trying new things. So, yeah, when a payment provider came by uh, and nobody was picking up the ticket, I would possibly pick it up uh, and, and start working on it, look at the documentation, maybe cheat and look at uh, the, the GitHub of of commerce cloud see how other payment providers uh, were implementing uh, things and yeah see how that would fit with the payment provider we were doing or a new integration with sap just go for it and we'll see where we end up um and yeah still i'm doing this now for 11 years so it means that i've touched i mean generally in the first few years i only did one project one to two but generally one project a year, all, always different different integrations. So I came in touch with different uh, systems. And even though I didn't write a ticket or an integration, I would always go and look at the pull request and see, okay, how did they do this? How does this work? Uh, I want to understand why did they do this this way? And maybe ask the question to the person who wrote the code, like, why are you doing this? And then, yeah, just start a discussion, like, uh, wh why... Why does the system want this file, or why is this a real-time API and what not file-based? Uh, does it support it? Does it not support it? Uh, those kind of questions, and yeah, that's how I moved around the years. I, I remember one project where I started in Intershop, and I started to run out of tickets, and I just asked to the the head because it was a headless project. I I just went to the team, like I'm done with my backend tickets. Do you need some help in the front end? And just started picking up tickets there as well, just to learn how does the front end work. It was all, all also Java, but functional programming, which was something I had never done before. And I just said, 
let me pick up a ticket. We'll see where it ends up. I mean, I'm twiddling my thumbs anyways. Might as well try something new. If it doesn't work out, decline my pull request and uh, and no time lost anyways because it was a ticket. And yeah, th that's how I started to to yeah, just get my claws into everything, learn how, how everything works, connect the dots, even if it wasn't my ticket. Instead of just, yeah, looking at the sprint board saying, yeah, my tickets are done, uh, continue to learn, uh, see how everyone else. And that's why I think pull requests are also like important. Like what is everyone else doing? Understanding what they do. You might get a bug uh, ticket two months later about what that other post person wrote. They might be on holiday and knowing what they wrote gives you insights of how the system works and at least have a general idea of of how it works and not just wait for it to happen and then just scratching your head saying, okay, I have no clue how this works and the person who wrote it isn't here anymore. Uh, yeah, okay, uh, let's just go. So yeah, that's how I, I learned most of the things of Commerce Cloud, looking what other people, if I didn't do an integration. And yeah, I also took the architect exam when there was no yeah documentation at the ready. Uh, I failed the first time, failed the second time because yeah, just uh, they changed the the setting of the exam and third time was a pass. And just looked at the question, said what 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 was I getting wrong? What was I missing? Uh, and just filled in the gaps in the meantime, uh, doing what I was missing, looking at the, the the current project I was doing, and getting more in touch. Like the I wasn't aware, I wasn't actively using. The, the the log center like at the time the the, the query language of of the of, i wasn't using it actively so i started using it more actively because there were questions about the log center like how does the query language work and it's like i can google that but okay <laughs> well not google it look at a look it up uh and i started actively using it to to prepare myself again for and yeah then you you start seeing things like oh there's a hidden if you go on the log center and you go to the dashboard, there's actually a top 10 stack trace uh, over there. It's quite well hidden, but if you don't click around, that's doesn't. it's not documented anywhere. It's like a hidden feature saying, these are your top stack traces. It's not a yeah, button, it's an undocumented feature. <laughs> it's an undocumented feature indeed. And the second thing, and that's something that I find quite amazing. I've learned more about Commerce Cloud in the last seven months that I did in the years before, looking at the questions in Slack and on the uh, developer portal and on the, on the community, uh, free places to check right now. And just looking at the question and asking myself, how would I do this? And just look at documentation. Oh, I didn't know that this existed. And just, yeah, take a mental note, like this is possible. And that's the only way because even with, like you said, as a developer, you might not touch every every part. Like uh, alias configuration uh, is a very interesting thing to do uh, the first time. I know a lot of people <laughs> who have uh, wanted to jump out of the window the first time they try to, to get their uh, multiple hosts uh, on the same site or same host, different sites and trying to get that to work. And... Yeah, there's documentation, but without actually trying and experimenting, it's 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 really hard. So sometimes you just have to go and say, okay, I'll configure this thing uh, and just pick up the ticket. 
even if it scares you saying, like, I don't know how this works, you can always learn. I know you have estimations of your tickets and you need to try to get within the budget. But if you don't take risks, you're not going to learn anything. Uh, if you stay in that safe zone, then you're going to stay with the knowledge you have and not learn something. You, you will learn slowly, but if you don't take risks, you don't touch stuff that you haven't touched with the ECD and quite easy to work with, but you need to have done it once. And then, you know, oh yeah, uploading a certificate, not hard, just a few button clicks uh, to, to text uh, files to copy and go. Uh, unless you work with proxy zones, but that's a different, <laughs> that's a different story. Uh, but if you don't try, then you don't learn how Commerce Cloud works. Like pick up a ticket to configure a job, even though you don't know how it works yet. You've never written a job step. Just ask the people who have, pick up the ticket, look at your colleagues who have, and just ask a question. There's no dumb questions. Ask the unofficial, uh, like a lot of people do. Uh, like I'm stuck on this, I get an error here. Why am I not able to access the customer on this level in the job? Or how do I search? Uh, that's what the community is for. And yeah, that's the only way to to advance, I think, is to get out of your comfort zone. That's, yeah, I was going to say, Thomas, it sounds like that's the theme of all of this. It sounds like your journey has been, you started with tickets that you knew specifically you didn't know how to do. And so you adventured into those tickets to learn how to do those things. Um, it seems like that's actually a, um, almost like a, a deciding factor for how different people paths might take because some people are more comfortable taking things they already know how to do or they're they know that they can do quickly and they're not as um they're, they're less risk adverse to try to do something they've never done before but the architect path seems to be more of people who are just like i'm going to like go out of my way to find the things i haven't done yet just so that i can learn how those things work and even if i fail on them there's going to be people i can get to help so they're not as afraid of uh trying new things that they've never done before, which kind of lends itself naturally, I feel like, to learning more about how the system works as a whole, and then you get better and better at understanding how things are all put together, and then you end up as uh, being a, a Thomas person that <laughs> is, is building more on the architect level. So that, that's really cool to hear. But I think one important actually... note, of course, with the risk taking is pick your battles at the right time. Like during project, you always have busy times and quiet times and of course when you're close to go life might not be the best time to learn something new but there are always during a project moments like you said okay now there's some wiggle room i like to call it to to try something new if i take two hours longer or a day it's not going to impact the go life uh, but without taking those risks and saying i'm going to try something new and i'm going to ask people to help me uh with doing that task if i get stuck like an important rule i think is if you're stuck on something more than a few hours ask someone i mean pick up a rule for yourself saying okay if i'm stuck with something more than x amount of time i'm gonna ask someone don't take three days to to figure it out on yourself there's people available either within your company uh or outside to help you answer that question. Now, not every question will be answered in the Slack. I mean, there are some questions that are even mind-boggling to everyone saying, how are we going to do this within Commerce Cloud? Because there are limitations. I mean, we, everyone's run into a quota limit uh, at least once on the project. And some things just can't be tackled within Commerce Cloud. And that's a fact that 
a hard thing to to discover and decide okay we're going to do this outside of commerce cloud uh and the people who are taking the risk will hit the wall and then run into a quota limit and say we should have done this outside of commerce cloud in the first place but that's how you learn that's how you learn the limits of the platform and say okay next time i'm going to do something on heroku make a microservice and do it there rather than building it uh at least trying to work it within the quota limits, like the 400,000 custom objects. Yeah, that's a hard limit. Uh, I mean, you can try to get it uh, disabled, but yeah, that's uh, usually not something you want to do. Yeah, you actually bring very nice topic in terms of try and learn. I I remember myself, I also did it once, the design custom objects. And then I saw, okay, it's not scalable. It to, to have limits, other stuff. And my mistake on that time was I didn't ask why. <laughs> and the and it, behind the why was the amount of data. So in the end, we actually still kept the design in the commerce cloud. We just changed to another tactic that exists in commerce cloud, but not much people know about it and actually use it. It's generic mappings. It's like a bit hashtag hash map table that you can store like hundreds of thousands uh, entries over there. But of course, you already also mentioned that it's there are some pros and cons, right? There are trade-offs. It's not very good to write and read the file. You can It's mostly like just read database. So if you want to store, let's say, I don't know, some zip codes and to the zip codes have some maybe lead time, how, 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 how much time will take to actually ship your stuff over there, it, it's a good thing. But if you need a big custom database that you can get and, and you know get some data, push some data, I wouldn't call Commerce Cloud and custom objects like the best place because in the end, Commerce Cloud is a transactional system. This is the main goal. It's a transactional system. You want to do something with data? Okay, you can do something on the cloud database. So you can sometimes even do it with the core if it's, let's say, some accounts, other stuff. Cool. I actually wanted to ask you in terms of the training. I love how you mentioned learning from community, developer portal, and Slack. This was my way as well. So people who listen to us and know that I'm sometimes active on the communities because it's both, both shots. It's for myself to learn and another way also to help people. But I'm learning as well from all the topics that I discuss. Sometimes I'm not fully confident with the approach, but I'm making a hit, right? Like if I would have this problem, I would try to do this. And then someone can just jump in and challenge me saying, no, it's not good. You can do it this way, right? And then I always say like, okay, I didn't lose with my suggestion. I actually learned, but sometimes I actually winning because my suggestion is the best one. And this way, when you are active in the communities, when you're trying to solve those problems, you're learning like, a lot and it's not in your project right if you want to in the project you have just defined set of scope that you have to deliver if you want to accelerate or expand your knowledge communities i agree fully one of the best ways and here i want to ask you about something different that we didn't talk you mentioned about architect exam that you like you tried you passed right now you're a certified architect what do you think about certifications i heard in my career that few folks were telling okay i'm working with commerce cloud for 10 years i don't need this certification like it, it doesn't have any value and some people were like two years within the platform developers they want to become architects and they're telling i will do a certification and then it will be my chance to become the architect so how 
Salesforce certifications and especially architect certification, what is the value behind that one is for potential existing architects and the people who actually wants to become the architects in the ecosystem? Yeah, I think certificates are only a small piece of the puzzle, like their validation that you know all of the, the, the topics that you need to know. Like for a developer, there's uh, questions about debugging and uh, how the logger works, uh, etc. So that you're clear that you know how all of these things, all of the tools that are available you, that you even might have missed even after two years. Uh, and suddenly there's a question about uh, a certain topic saying, oh, Huh? I'd never seen this before. Was this an option? Uh, and yeah, with the architects, uh, that's something that hit me a lot more because I was a developer for two years, I think. And then I said, Meh, just going to give it a go. No preparation the first time and figure out what the questions are. And I had, I think, two topics that were completely yeah, dropping down my score. Uh, and the biggest one was integrations because I didn't agree with the perfect world uh, that the uh, certifications usually uh, work with. Um, so, yeah, I knew what the correct answers were in my mind, but I said, no, this is not how the real life works, unfortunately. Uh, I know this is the best option, but if I get the customer to do this, to upgrade their system, I will be happy that that once happens in my life. Um, and the second one was the lock center that really kicked my butt for some reason. Uh, and yeah, those were things I knew how integrations have done them before. And you have services that have perfect uptime, et cetera. And those kind of questions like, what if the, the system isn't perfect? Yeah, of course, which system is perfect? There's always downtime. Um, so yeah, going back to the original question of uh, do the certificate certificates matter one yes towards if you're a partner company you get scores uh every especially the architect ones uh you need a few to get up your partner score get some advantages like premium support i think it's been given to everyone now uh, but before you had to have the highest ranking uh, as a partner and certificates work towards that score and also the new partner learning camp ones will probably also give some points not sure how many but uh and they also give you an opportunity to learn something new. Like I use the partner learning camp uh, certifications like, okay, let's look at this consumer goods cloud thing. See uh, how does this work? Uh, does this, uh, is this something that I'm interested in to do later? Uh, the OMS, which is also part of the, the commerce cloud repertoire officially, if you look at the lists, uh, try to give that one a go see how that works, uh, get that integration active on the sandbox, see how Commerce Cloud in the business manager starts to change once that productized integration is active. Um, and those things you learn by doing the prep for the certification. And the prep is in my eyes a bit more important than the certification itself. The certification is your test that you understood what you were reading and that you're remembering it. You're storing it somewhere in your mind in a semi-permanent storage because like 50% of the knowledge will fade away a little bit the details. But I think one of the important things is knowing something exists is half the battle. Um, that you don't develop something that's already there. Like um, that's a mistake I've made in my first years a lot of times is that I was building something and then two years later I found a feature like, oh, 
it was actually a standard feature that I rebuilt completely. Uh, and that's where the prep and the certification helped me. Like, how does loyalty cloud work? What are the features of marketing cloud? Just getting the basics in there, like knowing how the API works. Uh, how does the core plan? Yeah, in the core, I'm, I'm focusing a bit more, so I had to go a bit more deeper <laughs> there also for the B2C solution architect uh, certification, which is hopefully somewhere next year, but we'll see where, where that ends up. And yeah, they, if you're not active on a project and you want to learn, the certifications is like a, a guiding tool to get you there. Like I'm active on the core platform a bit, but more now in a nonprofit uh, way because I, I, I'm part of a theater group and I went for it and asked for a, uh, tried the Power of Us hub and asked for a free core uh, 10 licenses and I got it. So it gives me a playground to, to learn the, the core platform for myself. Uh, besides, so yeah, I'm taking Salesforce home, which might not be the <laughs> the best thing that my wife agrees with, but um, it gives you, the certifications give you a way to learn without being on a project. It gives you a guideline saying, okay, these are the stuff that you need to learn, even if you're not on a project or maybe going towards your first project uh, or after your first project, you want some validation, like the stuff that I've been doing the six months, is that what? is in yeah in line with how salesforce thinks it should be done uh, what are, what are the best practices um, so yeah i think certifications are important but they're only a small piece of the puzzle you you can be a great architect without it you can be a great developer without the certification uh, mostly within our company i say yeah maybe after your first or second project just give it a go one two days of prep uh, to get the, the details uh, again uh, that you need to know on the exam, but you can just as easily look up in the documentation rather quickly in one minute's time uh, and then just go for it and see if there's any gaps in your knowledge that you need to work on. Like I haven't touched the Open Commerce API in, in the past two projects. Yeah, maybe it's a good time during those two, three days to just give it a go, get yourself a token, maybe try the... Uh, yeah, the, the the headless install, maybe the PWA. Uh, look at how the headless works during that time. Get get some stuff in your head that you haven't touched before or didn't dare to touch during your project if you didn't want to take the risk. And the certification results will give you the guideline of where your knowledge is lacking. Like uh, with the developer one, I think the Open Commerce API, the questions there at the lowest score of the of the bunch because I hadn't touched it that much, but it gives you uh, you can look at the score and say, okay, that's where I got a few questions wrong, means I'm missing something, and go and revisit uh, on your next project maybe to fill in those gaps. So, Thomas, I have a question for you, just my own ignorance here. Um, so what if I, I've been uh, with my company, Redvan, um, and I'm just now looking at probably getting a developer certification because I've just been kind of heads down on, on a project. But if I was looking towards an architecture role, which I feel like might be a good fit for me, is, is there like a series of certifications that I need to get to get to architect? Or can you just jump straight to architect? Or is there requirements for like that one has, uh, you need to have to be certified with other things first, you know, before you can get architect? Uh, for the 
architect one, you need to have the developer one for Commerce Cloud. And for the B2C solution architect, you don't need any of the Commerce Cloud uh, certifications, uh, but more of marketing and core. That's uh, Those have a, a lot of prerequisites, but for the Commerce Architect, you only need the developer one. Cool. I think we had very, very interesting conversation and I actually don't want to thank you for today. It was great one. We, we spoke about soft skills, technical skills, about certifications, about the way how actually practically get the knowledge and prepare yourself for the architect journey and not even for the architect journey. I guess even what you said about communities and check them, see what what solutions, what problems people have and trying to solve them actually will will help you to become a better engineer, better developer, better technically, whatever role you're actually having in the ecosystem, it will help you. It will help you expand, expand uh, your breadth and depth in terms of the platform knowledge. So thank you very much for that. And before we actually wrap up, I want to ask you, what you would like to say to the anyone who listened to us? What would be your, you know, like it's your prime time. Like you can, I don't know, self-promotion, other stuff, some tips, whatever you want to do and to say, just just do it. It's 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 yours. Well, I think one of the, the main things is if you haven't joined the Slack community, join now. Uh, there's a lot of information in there. Uh, and for self-promotion, yeah, I think. The main thing, uh, if we, we look at uh, the journey to architect, is be yourself. Like you will, like most people will grow naturally. I think uh, through experience towards the architect, technical lead, etc. Uh, and you need to decide for yourself what you want to do in the long term. Like. If you asked me the question seven years ago about technically the architect, I would have said, no, I want to develop from nine to five, maybe even from uh, six to 12 PM and just keep going, building stuff. Uh, and is that something that you want to keep doing? Or do you want to talk more to customers, look at the problems that they are, are facing? Do you want to be involved in the roadmaps of companies and see how, how commerce, uh, e-commerce, uh, uh, customer 360 fits into all of those yeah that's something you need to look at yourself uh, and it needs to you need to love your job at least want to do like what you do uh if you don't like talking to to customers at the moment maybe keep developing for a while see in a few years uh, if your your opinion changed like uh you naturally start going into more meetings. Uh, once you get more knowledge, you will be asked like, Hey, they have a question. Uh, could you join? That's how it usually it happened to me. So you can train or you can let it, let it happen naturally. Uh, but look like not a five year question, but every year, look what you want to do the next year. Is it still development? No problem. I mean, there's a lot of people who want to keep developing till, uh, till retirement, uh, typing out code and but one thing you need to know once you hit go past uh, technical lead is the amount of code you will be writing in a day is going to drop dramatically <laughs> you'll be in more meetings than writing code so if there's one takeaway of the road to architect is that is something you will have to accept even if it's hard that uh, development will slowly fade away uh, if you let it um, so important decision Cool. Thank you. So, Peter, what do you think? Are you still convinced to go into architect role? 
like accepting yeah, less I code? Think I am. Yeah, I mean, my, I think my like just organically, the like the way my like path has kind of gone is that I'm more interested in doing what I think the customer needs versus what they think they need, uh, and that's been my role as a as like somebody who's doing freelance development for like 20 years has just been more understanding like what the customer is trying to do and then seeing if you know what what pathways are the best for that and so when i started off doing commerce cloud it was definitely like you know my ignorance just on the platform was i'll just do whatever you know my my seniors were saying was the right solution and i didn't know what was best or not um, and the more i got into it then i moved into a lead position with with my company and then their clients started trusting me more saying well this is what we want um and it was a weird relationship because it was you know more of a just working with clients that and even like the designers and different ways of approaching things it, it was more about providing solutions and it was more meetings absolutely but it was like at the end of the day it was like they got probably a better product uh out the door than they would have because they had a actual like deeper discussion about what was right for them versus like what they understood to be right for them and um to me that i was way i'm way more passionate about that than i am doing development because i can do side projects all day long and still get development on there but <laughs> as far as actually like understanding what the client wants and then they they have a better relationship with you because if they're trying to understand what what they need to do uh and they might not know then they want to bring in somebody who can understand their business needs and um kind of figure that out and go oh well you know, like let's bring somebody in who can actually understand what we're trying to do and then tell us if, if we're right or wrong so it is a it becomes a trust relationship which is to me a, a lot better for me mentally long term than just be writing code all day long so but i like either is fine with me right now but <laughs> i think long term it's going to be a lot more of a having a better relationship with the clients having them trust me and, and know that i can um that i'm trying to do what's right for them and, um and it might not be what they think they should be doing it might be something completely different so yeah i look forward to that a lot more every day so I thought that answered your cool. <laughs> that's that's kind of feel like no, no, it's like, it's all head, good. Like, you know, I want to be an architect for sure because I was like, that seems like that's where I'm headed. Yeah, you know that that was a goal to discuss about path to an architect, and because you are on your path, I actually believe what you described, what you are doing. You're already kind of an architect doing architect job. It just in our life we have architect without architect title, but if you don't have I don't know, like a badge that on, you know, the badge that is calling and it's written over that technical architect or architect solution architect, just an architect, right? It doesn't mean you're an architect. You might already do that job. You just didn't recognize it before listening to this podcast, right? Because we actually described what we architects doing and anyone who listened to us can understand it already and make his own decisions right now. Who is he and does he ever want to become an architect at all, right? So thank you very much, Thomas. Thank you very much, Peter, for today. It was an official Salesforce Commerce Cloud podcast. And see you next time.